Hello, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the Three Bells Wrestling Podcast. I'm your host, Joe Pegararo, and I know I, uh, I haven't been keeping very up to date with the podcast. I've been making excuses, and, you know, the first episode didn't get a lot of listeners, but F that, man. I'm, I'm here to talk about wrestling and to have fun, and whoever listens, that's just a bonus at that point. So, uh, so let's get into it, huh? Uh, let's start with first, you know, um, sad news recently um coming from the wwe uh vader someone that i i watched a little bit when i was younger obviously saw him on boy meets world you know when that show was around uh he passed away this week and you know it's always sad when a wrestler passes or loses their life um and he i know he was very well respected among the company so obviously very sad to see the passing of vader um, I have a lot to cover on this week's episode. We have an NXT TakeOver, a WWE pay-per-view, Raw and SmackDown afterwards, um, and some other news regarding events and, and you know a firing in the company. So let's get straight down to it. Um, let's talk about NXT TakeOver. That was a phenomenal pay-per-view, and I feel like I say this about every NXT TakeOver when it's over, but this one really was just absolutely phenomenal. Um, it, it felt longer than a lot of them, too, and, and not in a bad way. You know, we, we got it started with the, the tag team title match, and, you know, I, I did expect Undisputed Era to win that, uh, just because I, I they they just, it feels right having them as the champions. Um, they're so good in the ring. But that was it was a very unexpected match, um, and I didn't expect it to be as close or as bruising as it was to start the night. But it it was phenomenal, and I, I enjoyed that to start the night. Um, and I, I'm probably gonna go out of order because I don't remember the exact order of the matches. But we got to talk about Ricochet and Velveteen Dream. That was a phenomenal match. There was a lot of hype going into it. You know, that it was going to steal the weekend, and it was, you know, it had a chance to be a better match than Gargano Champa, and it was a great match. I don't think it outlived the hype, but I don't think it fell under what was expected. I think it did exactly what was expected. I think you had two technically great wrestlers, high flyers. Um, they seem to have extraordinary chemistry already. And they, they put on a, a very good wrestling match. You know, a lot of these huge matches that you see that get all these these high-star ratings are your unsanctioned matches or your street fights or, you know, whatever they, they may be. Um, but this was just a good technical wrestling match, and I was not bored one bit at any point in this match. I thought it checked off all the boxes. I thought it did exactly what it needed to do. And it didn't feel too long. It didn't feel like they were dragging the match out to make it last longer. Or, you know, they were trying too many things to make it this great match. I thought they just went out there and you had two great performers perform and and wrestle a great match. So I was very happy with that. I was a little surprised by the outcome. Velveteen Dream doesn't have a great record at NXT TakeOvers. And I thought this might be, you know, the one where he picks up the win. Ricochet is still a little new. So he can afford to lose a match here and there because he's he's still, you know, so well respected and he's so well known and and people are still excited 
to see him. So I thought that a loss wouldn't have been the worst thing in the world for him. And it definitely wouldn't have been as bad for him as a win would have been good for Velveteen Dream. I think he needed it, and I think it would have been good to see him start the feud with the win. Uh, I hope this isn't the last time we see them fight. I hope um, in August we see another great takeover match from these two. But I, I thought it checked all the boxes, and I was very happy with it. The NXT Women's Championship, that was a good match. Um... I knew Shayna Baszler was going to keep it. It didn't feel like the right time to have her lose the title or lose her winning streak. Um, I thought Nikki Cross did great. She uh, sold Shayna Baszler's strength a lot. Um, the ending was a little weird. I didn't like her smiling through the chokehold. It seemed like at a, at a point there she just kind of accepted that she was going to lose and just smiled and faded off. I, I was a little... Watching it, it was a little weird for me, but I, I mean, I guess I get the point. You know, she's the crazy lunatic wrestler, but overall, I thought it was a good match. It, I don't think it was as good as Shayna and Ember was, but it was a good match, and I would like to see Nikki Cross be NXT champion at some point if she's not going to the main roster with Sanity, so... Hopefully, she'll get it down the line, but I think it's still Shayna's time to, to really take off with this. You had the um, NXT Championship, uh, and I'm going to be honest, I I started TakeOver a little late, so, you know, I, I clicked watch from the beginning, and when I went to uh, fast forward to the NXT Championship match, in between, you know, the match before it and that match, um, I went a little too far ahead, so I did miss a big chunk of this match. I've gone back and watched highlights of it, and it seemed like a great match. What I saw was phenomenal. Um, I did see Lars Sullivan's botch on the Black Mass from behind, but overall, that it, it seemed like a great match, and, and from what I saw, it was great. Lars Sullivan, um, between TakeOver New Orleans and, and this TakeOver, has really impressed me, and I think... Obviously, he doesn't quite have the height that like a Braun Strowman does, but I think he could be the bad guy version of Braun Strowman that they originally thought Braun would be. He just has pure strength. He seems to be gaining some athleticism as time goes on, and uh, and Alistair Black is just a stud. I mean, he's going to be phenomenal once he goes to the main roster. Um, I agree with the decision to keep the title on him. I don't think, much like Shayna, I don't think it was time to really end his reign. It, it's too quick. Um, and I think he serves as such a great champion that the the right decision was made to keep the title on him. And, uh, of course, the last match was the unsanctioned match. And Dave Meltzer, um, um, I saw, only gave it four and a half stars, which I disagree with. I think this was better than the first Gargano Champa. And that's hard a lot of times when you have um, follow-up matches. It's hard to match what the first, you know, what the first match is. It's hard to, to match that level of intensity, and especially when it's such a hot feud. But I think this checked all the boxes that I was hoping for coming into the night. This is what I was most excited for, and I left wanting more, even though I was exhausted from what I saw. It, it was that good of a match. I think the storytelling continues to be great. Um, you know, we saw Champa almost try and one-up himself, you know, in the unsanctioned match at 
take over New Orleans, he peeled the protective padding off the, the floor on the outside of the ring, exposing the concrete. Here you see him peel off the protective padding in the ring to expose the the uh, the planks of what I always thought it was plywood. Um, obviously, I've never been in a ring. It may be plywood, and they may have just had this special for t- that night, but um, the planks of wood, which did not look very giving. Um, so you saw him kind of trying to one-up himself there. It was very poetic the way you know he took Johnny up the ramp and threw him into the the screen and then gave him the knee to the head again and then it was uh, i'm gonna keep using i guess the word of this match is poetic it was it was poetic the way gargano hit champa with his own finisher off the top of that stage and through the the wooden tables i believe um and then just sat there as he as champa was helped off that you know, ring. I it reminded me immediately of Takeover Chicago last year, I, and I also, you know, it, it was super great storytelling because of everything that's been happening with Champa and the way he speaks about Gargano and and you know, Candice and their marriage and who, you know, the, he makes it very personal with his promos and the way he tweets. And so him taking the ring off Gargano, spitting on it, and throwing it was that, I mean, that, as if I wasn't sucked into the match enough already, that got me. I, you know, I was sitting back the whole match, that brought me to the edge of my seat, and I said, let's see where this goes, because I was excited at that point. I, that At that point, it became more than a match, and it became a lot more personal than the unsanctioned match seemed, because now you bring a family into it. And seeing Gargano, you know, look down at his finger and see the ring gone and then snap and attack Champa as he's being helped off. That that made me, you know, I think it made everyone see a new side of Gargano. I think that was kind of the point um, that he can snap. He can go off. He's not just this great wrestler, this family guy who likes to wrestle and stay within the rules. He, at that point, snapped. And that was really fun to see. I like the ending, too. I like that... Champa won, um, and it seemed right that Champa, you know, waiting to the last minute, hitting that DDT, um, it just seemed right. And I agree with the ending. You know, Gargano wins the first one. You know, good. That's for the the diehard fans. Champa wins the second one, and I I'm not done. I want to see more. I know there's a lot of people who agree with me on this one too. I want more of this feud. One more match. Right? Take over Brooklyn. Give it to me. The first ever NXT Hell in a Cell match between Gargano and Champa. Because what perfect way to end this feud? You've had an unsanctioned match, a street fight. You've seen these guys go through hell. I want that Hell in a Cell match, that third and final match. I think you have Gargano win that and then go to the main roster at, uh, at the Royal Rumble. You know? I, I think Gargano goes to the main roster before Champa, and I don't think Gargano needs the NXT Championship to solidify himself as main roster worthy. I think these matches are exactly what's replacing that NXT Championship in that that bid for main roster worthiness, and I, I think he gets that call after TakeOver Brooklyn. Um, I don't think it'll be until the Royal Rumble, 
But I, I think he does get that call, and I think it happens at the Rumble. But that that's a little too far forward to think about. All I know is this was a great match. I thought it was five-star worthy, and I, I want one more down the line. But TakeOver Chicago, it, it did exactly what it needed to do for me. I think it was not quite as good as TakeOver New Orleans, I guess, but it was right up there as you know one of the best TakeOvers of recent history. Um, then Sunday, you got Money in the Bank, and that uh, that was a lot better than I thought it was going to be. I thought, you know, great, Chicago killed it, you know, TakeOver Chicago killed it, Sunday's going to be Money in the Bank, there's a lot of titles, it's one of the major pay-per-views, it'll be good, but it won't be great, and I'm going to be honest, I thought it was great. Um, if I'm give, I'd give Takeover Chicago four and a half stars. I'd give Money in the Bank four. I think it was that good, and there was a lot that impressed me. Um, the the Good Brothers, Gallows and Anderson against the Bludgeon Brothers, they impressed me. It impressed me again too. Um, you know, Tuesday night we'll get into that at the end, but the Good Brothers impressed me. And I'm I'm excited to say that because I'm Gallows and Anderson fans. I think Carl Anderson is one of the most underused talents that the WWE has, especially on SmackDown. And I really think that once the Bludgeon Brothers have their run, or even if Gallows and Anderson went back to Raw at some point, they, they could make a run. They are really talented workers. Um, obviously, the Bludgeon Brothers won that, and I agree with that. It's, you know, they need to seem unbeatable. Still. Um, but yeah, so I agree with that. Um, then you had uh, Daniel Bryan and Big Cass. Daniel Bryan defeating Big Cass. I thought Big Cass, and it makes more sense knowing what I know now, but I thought Big Cass was going to win this. I thought the feud was going to continue a little bit and Big Cass would win this because Daniel Bryan won the last one. But um, they did have Daniel Bryan win. They had uh, Big Cass tap and, you know, with the, I mean, the cat's out of the bat. I don't know why I'm, I'm waiting on saying this. I'll get into it more later. With Big Cass being fired now, I get it. I get why he didn't win. There was no point in him winning just if he was going to get f- released anyway. Not fired, I guess, but released. Um, so I, I get having Daniel Bryan win in that sense. That that was a good call. Um, you had Lashley and Sami Zayn, and I haven't really had enough episodes of this podcast to touch on it, but I think this build and this feud has been extremely lackluster. Bobby Lashley is one of the biggest, most intimidating, dominating-looking guys in the company. And Sami Zayn is a not only a great wrestler, but he's a great personality, and I think the things they're having him do, I honestly thought the um, obstacle course... Was was decent, um, but the thing with Lashley's sisters and the Lashley's sit-down interview, this whole build has been ridiculous. So I'm happy that this feud is over, to be honest, because I think both of these guys can do big things. I think they can both do much better things with their the time than, than feud with each other. And what was kind of a pointless and a weird build. Um, you had Lashley defeat Sami Zayn. Obviously, that was going to happen. You need Lashley to look dominant for the future. Obviously... At some point, he's going to go up against, you know, Roman or Brock or even Braun, and you need him to look dominant. Uh, Sami Zayn is, is so over and so well-liked and such a good talent that this loss won't hurt him too bad. So this wasn't a bad call. Um, 
to have Bobby Lashley win it, but I, I really think it could have gone either way. I think you could have had Sami Zayn win it and have Lashley turn and be a bad guy because I think Lashley would be a better bad guy, a better heel than he is face. But they had Lashley win it. Um, it was an okay match. Uh, Seth Rollins beat Elias and retained his Intercontinental Championship. And that was a good match. A lot of people thought it was going to steal the show. I, I mean, I thought it would be a good match. I didn't think it would be show-stealing worthy. But I really enjoyed that. I love Elias. I love his character. I think he's becoming a better wrestler right in front of all of our faces. Um, so to see him finally get a, a title chance is, is really cool. And to work with a guy like Seth, it just shows that Elias is on a level where he's going to start getting more opportunities. So I enjoyed this match. I thought it was good. I thought it was smart that Seth retained. I think Elias does get a title, probably the Intercontinental Championship down the line, but I just don't think he's quite ready yet. Um, The next match, you had the Women's Money in the Bank match. Knowing what we know and what we'll get into later, I understand why it was positioned in the middle of the card. Um... The finish, it was something. Uh, Alexa Bliss took home the Money in the Bank briefcase. Uh, I I get it. I do. I think it's too soon, though. Alexa just came off a near year-long title run. Um, and yet, I'll admit, Alexa's a great champion, and she's one of the best females on the mic, if not the best in the company at the moment. But... It almost feels Roman-esque, you know what I mean? I feel like people hate Roman so much because of the push he gets, but Alexa's very similar in in that sense. I mean, she only defends in major pay-per-views or, you know, the occasional uh, off-brand pay-per-view, but I just thought it was too soon to give her, you know, another big win like this. I think... Sasha, a heel Sasha with the briefcase would have been great. I think Becky deserves it. She's super over right now. Um, Ember Moon could have done great things with it. We know she's headed to the title picture anyway. Uh, Charlotte could have gotten it. Uh, really, you could have gone either way with it. Natty would have been interesting because of Ronda and Natty and, and the Ronda Nia match. Um, I, I don't think Naomi or Lana... Would have been a great bet to take that home, but I I do get why Alexa took it, and I do, I do like Alexa, so I'm not mad. I just think it's a little too soon after her title run. Uh, you had Roman defeat Jinder, and look, I get it, everyone. I get that Roman isn't your favorite. I get that you may hate Roman. You may not want to see Roman on your television ever again, But for the love of God, can you please just let this man wrestle a match? I get that he doesn't have the most diverse offensive skill set. I get neither does gender. I get there was a lot of rest holds. But the audience just stood up, pulled their pants down, and took a massive, steamy dump all over this match. I mean, come on. I personally like Roman. I think Roman's a good worker, and his matches intrigue me. And from the get-go, you knew that the crowd was not going to 
put up with this match. You could tell by the way they were reacting during entrances. They did not want to see this match. They wanted to make it known that they didn't want to see this match. And they wanted to make the wrestlers know that they didn't want to see this match. I mean, you had beach balls. They were doing the wave. You only see that, though, Raw after Mania. Maybe. It's happened maybe once. They were doing the wave at a major pay-per-view during what's supposed to be your huge stars match. And the crowd was more interested in standing up and waving their hands at each other than watching this match. This is boring, Chance. You both suck, Chance. CM Punk, Chance. I mean... Everything under the sun, they were chanting. They didn't want this match to happen. I was intrigued at least a little bit by it, but they never gave this match a shot from the get-go. And to be honest, I disagree with that. I think I think no matter how much you don't want to see a match, at least let the people at home enjoy it, or let the wrestlers do their thing, or even the people in the crowd that want to enjoy it. Let them enjoy it. Stop with these chants in the middle of the match, unless it's already a boring match. But this, they never gave this a chance from the start. Even at Jinder Bleed and the crowd didn't give a shit. And and to be honest, me watching it at home, it took the chance took over the match for me at home too. I wasn't able to enjoy it. I, that I guess that's just me venting. But I, I I just wish people would give Roman a chance to actually prove his wrestling. I mean, I'm not saying, you know, you got to love the guy. I don't love the guy, but I like him. I want to see him wrestle. Uh, Let's get into this one, huh? Carmella retains her SmackDown Women's Championship against Asuka. Let me adjust my seat here. I got to get comfortable for this one. This is... This almost seemed like too much for me. I, uh... I get it, you know, you, you want Carmella's run to be extra heelish, you, you think it's too soon to take the title off her after just giving it to her, um, but Ellsworth? I don't know, man. This just seemed like, to me, personally, this was weird. He comes out dressed as Asuka, and... I mean, obviously, look, I, I had a feeling he was going to interfere. And when I saw it start, I, I knew it was him because of all the rumors that were swirling. But he comes out dressed as Asuka and just stands there. And to me, I think this took too long. Because Asuka just stands there looking at the imposter Asuka, which ends up being James Ellsworth. And she just stands there and stares for what felt like forever. It was at least a minute, minute and a half maybe. You're Asuka. Nobody's ready for you. You're the Empress. Either you continue the match and, and hope that you don't get attacked by this whatever it was. Or you attack that. But her just standing there and watching Ellsworth. And then finally after a minute he takes off his mask and once you see it's Ellsworth, it shouldn't matter. Great, it's James Ellsworth. Turn around, finish the job on Carmella, and win your belt. She stands there and watches Ellsworth, and then watches him take his mask off, and then stands there again, yelling, 
Like, do something. And then Carmella comes in with the super kick, pins her. It just, the whole thing took too long. But I get it. I get the whole thing, and I get that, you know, Carmella's the heel. Now she has Ellsworth to help her out even more, hopefully. And, you know, I like Ellsworth. I've seen him do interviews. He's a cool guy, you know? But, and hopefully this works out well for him. Hopefully he stays with the company longer this time. I don't want to see him doing anything with AJ Styles or Dean Ambrose like he used to. But hopefully, you know, he finds his place and, you know, we'll see where this goes with him and Carmella. But it just, it seemed a little weird and long to me for that moment. Uh, Then you had, in my mind, the match I'll say the match of the night, and I'm hesitant to say it, but I'm going to go out on a limb and say the match. No, I won't say the match of the weekend, but it was the second best match of the weekend. Behind the street fight between Champa and Gargano, the last man standing match between AJ Styles and Shinsuke Nakamura was phenomenal. No pun intended. Um, AJ Styles was great. Nakamura was great. There were amazing spots. Nakamura throwing Styles through the table was, that was great. Seeing, oh, and Tony, don't even get me started. The kick to the nuts from AJ Styles on Shinsuke Nakamura, that that would have put me down for the count. How how do you have children after that? He full on NFL kicker style kicked Shinsuke Nakamura in the balls. And it was loud. So loud. And they replayed it multiple times. If you haven't seen that, man, look that up. That low blow, that was the hardest, hardest low blow by far I've ever seen. That was insane. And then the phenomenal forearm through the table. Um, You know, there were so many near counts. It was just, it was great to me. It really was. Um... I'm surprised Nakamura didn't win it. I'm surprised he didn't take home the title. I, I thought he was going to. I I think without him taking home the title, the whole thing seems a little weird. Um, to get that many opportunities and not do it. But I'm okay with AJ Styles as my champion. I really am. Um... So I'm okay with that. And that was a phenomenal match. I think it did everything it was. That match felt how WrestleMania originally should have felt. I'll say that. Um, I just don't get why WrestleMania, Greatest Royal Rumble, Backlash, and now this. That's four matches with Styles for the championship. And he's already lost one to Jinder for the championship. Look, Shinsuke, you've had five championship matches and you've lost all five. And people get on Roman's case. No, man, that's that's enough. I, I And, you know, I see where he's going next based off of what we saw on SmackDown. But I just think to see him not win that one was a little odd. Uh, then we get into the Raw Women's Championship match. And this is where uh, this is where it started to make sense to me um, with the women's ladder match. Uh, first of all, I want to say 
Rhonda's been a lot better on the mic and everything she's been doing. I think this was Nia's best overall performance with her selling and her overall skill set. And it was a great match. Uh, Ronda was seconds away from breaking Nia's arm and, and winning with the armbar. And then who comes in? Alexa Bliss. Uh, with a briefcase and she whacks Ronda. And she's hitting Ronda with it. And then she's hitting Nia with it. And now Ronda's outside the ring and she takes Ronda, throws her over the announce table, officially cashes in, hits the DDT on Nia, then the Twisted Bliss, and wins the Raw Women's Championship. She's the third person to do this. She's the third person to win the Money in the Bank match and then cash in later that night. Kane did it, and Dean Ambrose did it. She's the first woman to ever do it, obviously, because Carmella didn't do it last year. This is only the second women's Money in the Bank match. But I I get it. I agree. And I said this earlier. I think it's too soon. I think the push is too soon. It makes her feel overpushed. But I get it. She's the heel. And I think her as the heel champion will be great. Um, then you had the final match. The men's Money in the Bank ladder match. Um, And all I can say is, what the fuck? Look, I love Braun. I think Braun is what's going to save this company down the road. But why is he winning the Money in the Bank match? Are you kidding me? Are you joking? I think this is one of the worst booking mistakes. And a lot of people that are listening to this right now are going to think I'm overreacting. But just hear me out. This is going to be one of the worst booking mistakes in a very, very long time. Now hear me out. Here's my reasoning on it. And you may not agree, but frankly, this is just my opinion. He is the monster among men. He's the biggest, most dominant superstar that you have right now. He, he's going to lose it all. He's going to lose that allure. And here's why. Braun is the guy that will, can beat Brock. Right? He's the guy that you... He's supposed to look untouchable. But he needs a briefcase to win the championship? He needs to come in when the champion's already beaten and battered to win the championship? No! No! Give me a break! He's the guy that's supposed to take the champion on, -on one-on-one, probably at a WrestleMania, and win it there. He doesn't need the briefcase to win the championship. This just makes him honestly look weaker that he needs the championship to win it. That's how this looks. And maybe I am overreacting. But there were so many more deserving people that this would have gone great with. Kevin Owens could have done it. You know how good heel Kevin Owens with the briefcase would have been? Uh, I could have seen Samoa Joe win it. I mean, he's bound for a title shot. Finn Balor would have been great. I would have loved to see Finn win it. The underdog. Uh, The Miz. The Miz was my pick to win it. The Miz versus AJ Styles. Everyone wants to see that. 
The Mrs. Champion, everyone wants to see that. That would have been great. Braun Strowman doesn't need the Money in the Bank briefcase to win a championship. I I don't think he does. I think Braun Strowman is supposed to he's supposed to be he's being built as the guy that beats Brock. He's beaten Roman multiple times, so if Roman's the next champion, why does he need a briefcase to do it again? He can beat anyone on that roster. The only one he could struggle with is Brock. But I don't even think Brock's champion when Strowman cashes in. I I really don't think that's the case. So I just think it was an iffy booking decision to have Braun win it. Not even an iffy booking decision. I don't know why I'm sugarcoating it there. I've already said how I feel. I think it's a bad booking decision. He doesn't, he just plain old doesn't need it. But yeah, that was money in the bank. They gave it to Braun and he's now Mr. Monster in the bank. And we'll see how that goes. Um, I don't, I see, I still think Roman is the guy to beat Brock. I think it probably happens at SummerSlam. Um, and then, you know, I guess Braun cashes in on Roman. I, I don't really know how that works, but I guess we'll see, right? Although maybe Roman isn't the the guy to beat Brock, and, and that's actually, I think that's my theory, is Roman might not be the guy to beat Brock. And I was thinking about this earlier today, um, and I'm going to tell you why now that we start discussing Raw on Monday night. Um... There wasn't a, a whole lot. We'll start with the opening segment. The opening segment was fantastic. I think it was one of the best opening segments of Raw in a very long time. You had Alexa Bliss, you know, come... Well, you had Kurt Angle start it off. And he said that Alexa Bliss demanded this presentation of the Raw Women's Championship. And so Alexa Bliss comes down. And he also says that Nia is invoking a rematch clause at Extreme Rules, which is the next pay-per-view. Um, and then you have Alexa Bliss come down, and she's doing all her great mic work, mic work like she always does. I think she's the best female on the mic in the company, and you know she's being a heel, and she's doing exactly uh, what she should. And then down comes Ronda. Ronda Rousey comes down at the start of Raw, and she's pissed. She goes to get in Alexa's face. Of course, Kurt holds her back, and Alexa just lashes into her, calling her irrelevant now um, because Alexa Bliss is getting all the publicity and she called her an overhyped rookie and you know she's not wrong I don't think Ronda's overhyped but you know she is a rookie she needs to serve her time a little bit and Ronda snapped Ronda attacks Alexa Bliss flips her over starts wailing on her with punches Kurt tries to pull her off she hip throws Kurt so you've already attacked the GM and she picks up the Money in the Bank briefcase, and she starts hitting Alexa with it. And she's bashing Alexa with the briefcase. Then Kurt tries to get in the way again. You know what? Briefcase beating for him, too. I don't know what he was thinking. That wasn't a smart decision. So now she beat the general manager up twice tonight. Oh, well, on Monday night. Then the referees come down, because, you know, they always know how to separate a fighter. And she beats the crap out of the referees. Looked like some real punches and a really good gut kick to one of them. And now Alexa Bliss is laying lifeless down in the corner. So what does she do? Picks her up, puts her through the table. I mean, it was phenomenal. It was really, really phenomenal. And, you know, we later we learn that Kurt suspended Ronda for 30 days. And, you know, that's that. 
I, I agree with it. You know, keep her off her off for a little bit. That's that's a way to keep her off her on. I think that's the right move. But all in all, that was the best opening segment of Raw we've seen or I've seen in a long time. Uh, after that, I guess there wasn't a whole lot um, except Dolph Ziggler is your new Intercontinental Champion. What? What? I was shocked. I mean shocked that Dolph won this match. I get he had a little bit of interference with, but from Drew McIntyre, and they're the bad guys, so that's fine. But I was shocked. I did not see Seth losing the title, you know, anytime soon, especially not on an episode of Raw. You know, if he's going to lose it, I thought it would be on a pay-per-view. But on an episode of Raw, that shocked me. That really shocked me. Um, and I, I'm curious to see where this goes. I think if you're doing it right, I think somewhere down the line, I don't know how long it is. You know, I don't know where it happens or quite when, but I think you have eventually Drew McIntyre turn on Dolph Ziggler. I think that's the next step. You want Drew McIntyre to stay a bad guy because he fits all the characteristics. He's tall, he's strong, he's big, he's got the badass entrance music, the long hair, uh, the the powerful move set. I think you know, he stays a bad guy and he's such a good bad guy that that's really the position he has to stay in. And then I think you have him turn on Dolph Ziggler and take the championship. I think that's a great way to go with it. It keeps it interesting. And then, you know, they can feud now that they're not teammates. Um, and I think that's just a really smart way to go about it. And then now with Seth, so Kurt Angle also had an announcement, um, he said that Brock will be defending his title again soon. We know it's not at Extreme Rules. Um, I assume it's at SummerSlam. You know, that's if it's not at SummerSlam, then it would be at probably the Royal Rumble, and that just seems way too far away. Um, so it's probably at SummerSlam. And he also announced that at Extreme Rules... Um, he, there's going to be a multi-man match to decide who Brock's next, next competitor is. It'll be a multi-man match. We don't know who the men are. We don't know what the match is going to be, but it'll decide Brock's next opponent, probably at SummerSlam, like I said. And we know two of the competitors off the bat. It's uh, Bobby Lashley and Roman Reigns who seem like they're going to be starting a feud. And I assume it'll probably be like a five-man match. Maybe six? I would assume a five-man match, though, a fatal five-way. Um, and I assume now that Seth is not Intercontinental Champion, I think he'll be in it. And maybe Seth is next. Maybe Seth is the next competitor for Brock. He's super over. Everyone loves him. He's on the hottest run of his career. 
So maybe he's the guy that not only takes on Brock, but maybe he's the guy that beats Brock. All the things he's been saying about fighting champion this, fighting champion that. Let's see him fight the champion. You know, I think it's either Roman or Seth. There were rumors when Bobby Lashley came into the company that that was their plan for SummerSlam was Lashley and Lesnar, but I don't think Lashley's panned out exactly the way they had hoped. So I don't think he gets the title shot. And I think Lesnar has to lose the title at SummerSlam. I think the you know this whole thing with him has gone on way too long. Fans are sick of it. And the WWE needs to realize that they're losing some fans with this. They're losing fans with this Brock Lesnar thing where he's not showing up. He's not defending on not only every pay-per-view, but he's only defending three times a year at the most. That's absurd to me. That's just absurd. And he's no-showing, you know... Raws and he's not putting in good effort at live events. I disagree with that. So I think Lesnar does lose the title at SummerSlam, and I'm excited to see who's in this match at Extreme Rules and who wins it, and and what kind of match it is. That'll be exciting. Um, that was Raw SmackDown. I I missed the open. I'm gonna be honest with you. Um, it's it's been a, a crazy week for me, but uh, with work and stuff. But we did have a gauntlet match for well the good uh, well before that the good brothers uh, had a rematch with the Bludgeon Brothers for the uh, SmackDown Tag Team Championships and the uh, Bludgeon Brothers won it again. But it was a great match. I think the good brothers put up an even better fight there than they did at Money in the Bank. And like I said, I'm excited to see where they go. Um. Then you have the gauntlet match to see who AJ Styles' next opponent is at Extreme Rules for the WWE Championship. And, you know, it was right after that SmackDown Tag Team Championship match. So as the Bludgeon Brothers are walking off after the win, Daniel Bryan starts coming down for his entrance. And he's doing his entrance. He's doing the yes and the hops and stuff. And then he gets in between the Bludgeon Brothers. And they just have a, a really weird stare down. Didn't get it at the time. Do now. Um, they had the weird stare down. And it was odd to me because I didn't know why or, you know, what was happening and and why it was lasting so long. But you get down the line in the bludgeon, uh, in the gauntlet match, it's Daniel Bryan and The Miz. And the Bludgeon Brothers come out and just attack Daniel Bryan. I don't know why. I don't get it. I mean, unless Daniel Bryan's going to get a tag team partner and go up against the Bludgeon Brothers, I, I, I don't get that whole ordeal. I mean, I, maybe it's to make him seem more like an underdog. I don't know. Um, and then The Miz picked up the, the pin, and that eliminated Daniel Bryan. Uh, you had The Miz eliminated, and then it came down to... Uh, I'm sorry. It came down to... To come down to the Miz and Rusev or Samoa Joe and Rusev? Regardless, Rusev won. What a time to be a wrestling fan. Dolph Ziggler's Intercontinental Champion and the Rusev and the Rusev. And Rusev is the number one contender for the WWE Championship. Phenomenal. I thought it was great. And a really cool thing happened where AJ Styles came down to the ring, laid the title down, and shook Rusev's hand. And then Aiden English said, hey, I want a handshake too. AJ Styles went for it, and Aiden English left him hanging. So AJ popped him. AJ dropped him with a punch. And Rusev, at the end of the camera was fading out, seemed to be yelling at Aiden English, like, dude, shake his hand. 
What are you doing? Maybe that's teasing their uh, their rumored split up a little more. I don't know, but I'm excited to see Rusev finally have a WWE, a singles WWE Championship shot. And I think that'll be really cool. Um, and yeah, that was Ron SmackDown that we found out uh, that Daniel Bryan. I'm sorry, not Daniel Bryan. Jeez, that big cast has been released. And it's crazy to think, you know, in NXT it was Big Cass, Enzo, and Carmella. And Carmella was the odd man out. Carmella was the odd oddball in that, and she ended up having to do her own thing. And now Enzo's released and hates the company and is rapping. And Big Cass is released, and Carmella's a SmackDown Women's Champion. Isn't that crazy? Um... Yeah, I mean that that shocked me to see him released so soon after, you know, a pay-per-view, but he has been very stale and I guess there was some backstage heat, so I, I get it, you want zero tolerance. But uh yeah, that was that was this past week. I know I haven't been really oh, another uh another thing that I forgot to mention before we sign off is the WWE announcing Okay, two things, I guess. AJ Styles on the cover of WWE 2K19, which I agree with. I thought that was the right call. A lot of people rumored it would be Ronda Rousey too soon for that. Um, I would have done a split cover. My my prediction was that it was going to be a split cover. I had AJ Styles right. I thought it would be a split gender, though, with him and Charlotte or him and Sasha or, you know, him and... I assumed it would be him and charlotte but just him and uh and i like that he's on the cover of this game i like that it wasn't roman because that would have caused outrage and i think braun gets on the cover at some point but a little too soon for him too so i thought it was cool um and then wwe announced another international um network special in australia that'll be loads of fun um and I like that it's not being presented as the greatest Royal Rumble. You know what I mean? That that added so much hype, and it's not being presented as like a pay-per-view. They're a lot more clear with this one. It's a uh, the largest live event ever. So don't really expect for too much to happen, because it is a live event. Maybe not a lot of title switch hand. It's a live event. You know? That's what happens at live events. Titles don't generally change hands, but we'll see. I'm excited for that. I, I love these network specials in, in other countries and huge arenas, and I'm excited for what this one brings. Um, yeah, so that's the past week. It's been crazy, and uh, I'm going to try and get on here a lot more regularly. Uh, hopefully y'all enjoyed this. Hopefully you guys will start listening a little more, um, and, and I'll get some more listeners, and I'll get you guys submitting some questions i'd like to get interviews at some point down the road but um you know if you did listen and if you especially if you listen this long i appreciate it and i appreciate you uh every listener helps every listener you know every every listener helps every subscriber helps and everyone who shares this helps so go ahead and click the subscribe button subscribe to the podcast uh you know leave a five-star rating and a comment you know, I'm I'm gonna start. You know, within the next month, I'm gonna I'm gonna start a contest where 
I'm going to pick three five-star Raiders and commenters, and, uh, you know, they'll win something. So leave that five-star rating. Leave a comment. Let me know why you enjoy the podcast. And you might just get picked to win some cool stuff. Maybe a shirt. Maybe a hat. Maybe tickets. Who knows? But uh, but I appreciate it, guys. Thank you for listening. Hope you all enjoyed this episode. Like I said, like it, share it, subscribe, comment, post, share it again. Whatever you got to do. I appreciate you guys, especially if you listen this long or if you listened at all. I appreciate you. Thank you. I'll be back next week with another episode of the Three Bells Wrestling Podcast. Peace, guys.